What's important on your agenda right now, Marcus? Man, we just, uh, we're just really excited to be playing and staying on the road, staying busy, getting the new material to everybody. And what we're really excited right now for is uh, getting the record out and mm -hmm. letting people hear this music. Yeah. Do you think about the future a lot? I try to, just enough not to affect the present. You know yeah. what I mean? Because we, uh, we kind of live in a day-to-day -day environment on the road. Yeah. And it keeps us all hungry and striving for more. And there's little times where we can kind of step back and see the way that things are progressing. And uh, in those little moments, we can kind of plan things out a little more. Yeah. But for the most part, it's pretty sporadic with us. Yeah, I imagine it's pretty chaotic. Is it, is it hard to find good structure and organization out there, like torn as much as you are? If you can find people that, uh, for me personally, I always just looked for people to work with that were going to keep me busy because mm -hmm. I, I love to stay busy and I'm always ready to work. Mm -hmm. And uh, You kind of wake up every day just ready to get after it? Yeah. You know, there's some days where I would like to just sleep in. Chill. But I work better at night, you know, and it's, it's not because I stay up late doing anything devious. Yeah. But uh, just I seem to work better in the evening time. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, not one of those Fighting. guys that wakes up every morning with like a cup of coffee and begins to write your no, songs. No, I'm not. No. Yeah. I uh, I usually write really late at night, and um, whenever I do writing sessions like in Nashville, mm -hmm. uh, they're always a little earlier than <laughs> that works for me. Have you had some good sessions recently? I have. Uh, one of the tunes I uh, I sat down and wrote with uh, with Dan Auerbach and Pat McLaughlin. And we wrote a, a good number of tunes. Uh, it was a really, uh, really great get together. Yeah. We all kind of hit it off pretty quick. And uh, one of the tunes we wrote was How Long, which is a song that's on the new record. Now, I know Dan. Who's Pat? Pat McLaughlin is a, is a writer, and he also plays with uh, John Prine. Okay. He plays mandolin and guitar. Just a really great writer and a really great person as well. I can't even imagine. I mean, John Prine is kind of considered one of the best. I know. And then he's man. working with him, and yeah. that's really special. Yep. That's very cool. So, you know, talking about your band and everything, um, you like surrounding yourself with people that are really hardworking and focused people. And, you know, how did you meet all these guys? Um, I'm really blessed with everybody that we have in the band. Uh, our horn player, Justin Johnson, he... Uh, I've known him since I was about 15, mm -hmm. I want to say. And I met him around the, the Greenville, South Carolina music scene. And then he went off to college, yeah. unlike the rest of us. Our drummer went to college for a spell. But I remember when the band first started to take form, I walked into a, a bar called Got Rocks, where I used to play a lot. And I saw uh, Jack Ryan playing. And it was like the heavy sound that I was looking for. Mm hmm because he's a hard hitter and just thunderous. And we hung out, and apparently I'd met him before, but I didn't remember it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from that moment on, we just really hit it off immediately, and then we ended up renting a place together, and we've lived there for a while now. And uh, from there, we met Stephen Campbell, our bass player, who was playing with another band, and then we stole him. And then it's a lot of poaching, yeah. Is what it is. Uh, but we took 
Steven, and he joined the group, and then it felt great. So then we had the four of us, and uh, almost as just as recent as last year, uh, Deshaun Alexander joined us on on keys. Excellent addition. Thank you. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so, man. He's yeah. he's a trip. That's amazing. So, you know, you were a, a side man growing up, really, and uh, I'm wondering if there was a distinct moment that you remember that you thought. I need to become a band leader and what that was like for you, that transition. My dad encouraged me a lot because I was a side man in a lot of bands, yeah. but mainly his band. I was a guitar player in his group. And uh, he really encouraged me to take what I do and sell it, mm -hmm. you know? And I say sell it, but like just do it to the fullest is what I mean by that. And uh, he really encouraged me a lot to start singing. I had uh, always expressed myself through the guitar, and um, at a certain point, it just wasn't enough. Yeah. I had a really close friend of mine pass away when I was 13, and that's when I really started writing and started singing, and it just felt good to me, you know, to get that off my chest in a, in a way that was comfortable to me to do. You've re referred to music as therapeutic for you, but also for your fans, and that you hope that that's what they experience when coming to shows. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something, at first, I always looked at music as a way for me to just express myself, and then it started taking off a little more, and then people would come to me and tell me that our music was helping them through something, and, and then I realized that it could be a, a two-way street in that yeah. way. Uh, and I just always like to encourage people to get get it out, what they need to say, because I think we've lost a lot of really great artists and a lot of really great people just from not uh, expressing themselves and internalizing it. That just turns into a bad situation. Agreed. Do you remember a time before you were playing music when you were interested in it and, you know, maybe even listening to CDs probably at that point and... Uh, just being alone and being like, someday I'm going to do this? Oh, yeah, man. I always had that that thought. And it's uh, being in school, I always knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to learn, mm -hmm. and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to seek knowledge about things I didn't know about. But what I always knew I was going to do was music. There was never really a, a question in my mind, so I never had that moment of panic that I saw all my other classmates have, mm -hmm. like in high school. Uh, and I always refer back to this quote, which is, you know, people are asking permission to go to the bathroom one month, and then the next month they uh, have to decide <laughs> what they want to do the rest of their lives. <laughs> I think that's insane. I think it you is. should at least take a year, you know, and I think also everybody should at least work in the service industry for at least a year yeah just to realize, humble thyself <laughs> yeah, just to realize how terrible people really can be yeah to strangers so that in a way prepared me for in working in the music industry and i always knew that's what i wanted to do is music magic for you i'd say so man i think it's magic for everybody yeah you just gotta know how to listen to it so what are you listening to? It's all over the map right now. I'm in a really deep Beach Boys K-hole, <laughs> a big Brian Wilson K-hole, uh, a lot of pet sounds and 
listening to a lot of Dennis Wilson's side stuff. Always listening to uh, a lot of Margaret Glaspie. I really like her stuff. Mm. Um, she is good. Yeah, it's kind of all over the map right now. Yeah, I noticed like as the band was warming up today, some D'Angelo thrown in there. Yep, That's I really like that. <laughs> D'Angelo's always on the stereo in the bus and uh, you know, cool in the gang, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. I like whatever it, we're feeling. Wu Tang Clan a lot. So, what are the, some of the more uncanny opportunities that have come your way, and when did you see those things happening and think I gotta go after this? Um. When I, when I was like 14 or 15, I had gotten my learner's permit, and everybody in my band was old enough for me to be able to drive if I had a licensed driver in the car with me. Sure. So I was like, let's go, man. So they all they had to do was get in the car. So they could be passed out in the back, you know, <laughs> but I'd be driving. I'd be ready to go. So I was booking house gigs up in Asheville, North Carolina, and just going up there a lot. And Asheville's the first market. Uh, I love my hometown, Greenville, South Carolina, but Asheville's the first market that really embraced us as a band and me as an artist. So I kind of felt at home there. And another artist that's from there is uh, Warren Haynes. Mm. And I started writing a lot up there and playing a lot of pickup gigs. And a good friend of mine, Rocky Lindsley, who's a really great writer in the area, he... uh, he kept saying, you know, my buddy Warren has to hear this music, and I never knew he was talking about Warren Haynes from <laughs> the Allman Brothers. So uh, he ended up getting the music to them, and Warren really dug it, and I went down to Athens, Georgia, and sat in with him. And from then on, I'd, I've always just tried to get in the back door wherever I could. Yeah. And uh, people like Warren Haynes, they, he really dug that. I always have my guitar with me, ready to go. Sometimes it wouldn't work out, you know, but I, I never was overly aggressive with it, but I'm always ready to play. He seems like a great guy. I, I came across a video one time of he and his wife, who seems also just awesome. Yeah, Steph Scamarda. I've been working with her for a few years as well. She's incredible. She's involved in the, the business side of things. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there was this video of them. Uh, it was a Habitat for Humanity video of them like giving a house back to the community right. and that kind of thing so it's just it's just cool to see that kind of thing going on yeah he's what, what they're doing with habitat for humanity is always really tugged on the heartstrings and you know uh every year we get to go up there and see what they're doing in, in Asheville in that area it's, it's really a beautiful thing do you have goals for your own kind of ways to give back yeah man we uh this is going to be our second year this October, this fall, uh, for the Marcus King Band Family Reunion. We have a number of charities that we give back to, uh, more Greenville-based charities. Um, there's some for, you know, Mental Health of America, because uh, when I first started planning the festival, I had a, a really good friend of mine um, uh, kill himself, and I've, I've seen far too much of that. and. Uh, I've struggled with my own demons, and I just, you know, South Carolina is one of the lowest ranking states as far as mental health uh, care is concerned. Oh, wow. So uh, just raising awareness about that and trying to reach out to people early on. So that that's a big thing that we, we try to uh, support. And uh, there's a few other charities, Cannabis Forwards, one of them, uh, 
and there's a couple other that I can't remember right now, but that's okay. Yeah. So for people out there watching, what do you recommend they do to get involved in that realm of mental health awareness? You just uh, go and find the local uh, local mental health of America, uh, and just just donate and just raise uh, raise funds to help with the awareness. So with your you call it the family reunion? Yes, we do. And that's back home? It's in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Okay. I have a lot of family that's from around that area and Blue Ridge, South Carolina. And it's kind of a central location. And it's also beautiful right there. Yeah. Uh, and I fell in love with that that plot of land and Pisgah Brewing Company's there. Oh, okay. And I've heard of that. Yeah. They took the festival on and that's where we have it. And it's just a good home vibe and we encourage people to bring uh, a dish and whatever they want to bring picnic tables and yeah just make a party out of it who can we look forward to seeing this year uh we're, we're really happy to have the revivalists coming back uh david shaw was at the festival last year but now we got the whole group coming that's going to be fun billy strings is going to be there having a good time and billy strings is fun yeah i think dumpster funk's on the lineup uh, to Robert and the Half Truths from Nashville, we've got we've got too many to even mention right now. But it's those are some good ones. It's gonna be a party. That sounds cool, man. So around that same time, you got an album coming out. That's right. Carolina Confessions. Yes, sir. Tell me about it. Carolina Confessions. Uh, we uh, we started working on that back in uh, back in March with with Dave Cobb as the producer, and we were working on it at RCA, the A Room there. So there was already just this really intense feeling of the ghosts in that room, you know, <laughs> all the hits that had been turned out of that place and all the beautiful music that had been made in that room. Uh, and Dave Cobb's got a phenomenal ear for that kind of thing, too. So a lot of the songs I brought in were partially finished, and he really helped us with arranging them in a way that... Uh, made sense mm -hmm. because we have such a large group sometimes you, you don't want there to just be a, a horn part when there doesn't need to be one yeah but we were able to fit everything into the music and it just makes sense and dave's really great to work with because like i said there's six of us so at a certain point you have to just take your hand off the button and let us kind of uh have our own arbitration process about every tune and he was really good at just letting us work. How do you mentally prepare for something like that, to walk into a room with Dave Cobb and to know what you're getting yourself into? I mean, what goes through your mind? For me, uh, I try not to think about it. I just, uh, <laughs> I'm always excited for the next move. Yeah. And whenever I get there, I just like to let it happen mm -hmm. however it's supposed to happen, you know? That's a good way to handle it. A lot of people wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, it makes more sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. So, uh, so what are your, you know, what are some of your favorite tracks that you're excited about on this album? Um, Goodbye Carolina has got to be uh, the song that I feel the strongest about mm -hmm. on the record. It's pretty but powerful stuff. It's, it's just things that I needed to really say. I really needed to get out, and I just feel a weight lifted off my chest to be able to write it. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the battle is getting it out to everybody to hear. And once that happens, because going back to how 
we talked about music being therapeutic. Mm -hmm. It really is, and just for anybody to hear it and to listen to what I have to say, it just makes me feel that much better. If you're like me, I imagine you've never played music and felt worse afterwards, really. Right. I mean, there's have, there have been some self-defeating gigs, Yeah. but that yeah, everybody's got to go through that. I guess not everybody, but, but we sure did. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like now to go from having played little bars in your hometown, moving up to Asheville, moving up, moving up? I mean, this next tour you're going to have in support of the album, you're playing some venues at sort of next level, right? Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's incredible. And I, I'll be the first to tell you, I love playing small clubs. Cool. It's fun, and it just sounds so good, and it's intimate. And I, I love a smoky bar mm -hmm. to play in. It's, and the rest of the band always tells me not to say that. <laughs> I mean, I'll take a smoky bar over a stadium <laughs> almost every night. But um, it means so much to me that people are coming in and, and listening to us, and we're having to move to bigger rooms. It just uh, is really good validation that what we're doing and what I'm trying to say is getting across. Cool. Anything else you want people out there to know? Um, just want everybody to be good to each other and just love one another a little bit more. That's all we need. I'm with you, man. Yep. Thanks, Marcus. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.